0: Let's begin by singing to God's praise, Psalm number 61 on page 78, and it's at the beginning of the song. Oh, hear my urgent cry, my God, and listen to my plea. From earth's remotest bounds I call when my heart faints in me. Oh, God, <clears throat> conduct me to the rock that's higher far than I, for you're my refuge from the foe, my tower of strength on high. We'll sing verses 1 to 5 of Psalm 61. O hear my urgent cry, my God. Together in prayer, let's pray, O oh Lord, our God. We thank you for the truth contained within the words of the song that we have just been singing. May we all start this new year by crying out, "Oh hear my urgent cry, my God." The song tells us that for those who trust in you, it's because you made the first move. Those who respect you, those who fear you, albeit they struggle with sin in their lives all their days, have to bow before you this day and say, it is you that has saved me. And uh, we realize that on this pilgrimage that we are on, our hearts are so often fainting and failing for many different reasons. Sometimes we are so distraught by what's going on in the world around us, where there just seems to be this absolute avalanche of destroying everything that is sacred to the living God. We pray, O Lord, that you would bring about change in our society, and indeed in the societies across the world, that we would indeed remember that you have given us a directive for living. It's in this book before us, the Bible. And we ignore it at our peril. Oh Lord, oh God help us. In this day and age when we try to indoctrinate people from their youngest years and things that are going to absolutely be destructive in their lives. Help us, O oh God, as we faint because of these things that we faint not only because of the world out there, we faint because of the influences of the devil upon our lives. He is the deceiver. He is the murderer of souls. And he is the accuser of the brethren. These are just some of his names. O Lord, help us in the face of his onslaught that comes our way so often. But help us also as we faint because of who we are in and of ourselves. Because there is something destructive in each and every one of us. There is our fallen nature and we struggle with it every single day of our lives. And so our cry is, O oh God, give ear unto my cry. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would, um, you would give us what it takes to live in a way that is honouring to you each and every day and even as we utter these very words we feel a deep sense of shame and hypocrisy because we don't do that but uh, help us to remember that that's no strange thing because the great apostle said the good that I would I do not and the evil that I would not that I do that's the struggle that's the heartache that's the pain we give thanks for your blessing this day that we are gathered in your house, a place where sinners can meet with the eternal and holy God. And we give thanks at this time for the sound of little voices in our midst. Bless them, born and unborn. We thank you for every one of them. But bless others, middle-aged. Bless others in old age. Bless those who are struggling with the frailties and the difficulties that come with, uh, with old age. Remember those who would be here with us if they could but who cannot be a blessing to them where they are. We thank you for the new technologies that enable them to join with us in a limited way. But for those who can be here, may they be here. And may we not fall into the trap of the enemy of our souls of keeping us separate when it's not necessary. We realize that your mandate to us, your command to us is don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. And so we thank you for many blessings and we pray that you would be with James Sins as he conducts the evening service. Be a blessing to him and may he know the liberty of preaching that can come from you and you alone. Remember those who are among us, whether here or online, who are at the end of their tether because life has proven to be very, very difficult. But we pray that the end effect of all our struggles will be that we will find ourselves further under the shadow of the wing of Jesus, the wing that we've just been singing about in the song, our opening song of praise. So be with us, we pray, and all we ask is in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as I said in my prayer, it's nice to hear the voice of little ones in our midst. And I'm going to talk about another little one who, when he was born, wasn't put in a Moses basket, wasn't put in a cradle or a cot or, in now-day and age, a car seat. He was put into a manger. Now, the farmers around the Black Isle today wouldn't call them mangers. They would call them trochs. It's the thing that you would feed an animal, a horse, a cow, a sheep, eh, out of. And the trough, or the manger that Jesus would put into, well, we don't really know what it was made out of. It was either made out of wood or stone. Historians tell us that there were both these types of mangers in eh, those days. But it seems a strange place to put any baby but it's a very strange place to put this special baby, because he was a very special baby. Now the, rea- the, the reality is this, he was put into the troch, because that's the only thing that was available. Because you'll remember that in the land that Jesus was born in, it was a country called Israel, a huge powerful army had come along, the Romans, and they basically said, we're the bosses here now. And the local people didn't like it, but they liked it even less when the Romans started saying, now you're going to give us some of your money. And we're going to spend it. You're not going to have a choice in how it's going to be spent. We're the bosses. We'll spend it. It did not go down well at all. And so Mary, the mother of Jesus, and uh, Joseph whom she was about to get married to, they had to go up to Bethlehem. They didn't normally live in Bethlehem. But they had to go up to Bethlehem to put their names down on the long list because the Roman boss emperor said that's what they had to do. And you remember that when they got to Bethlehem, lots of others had gotten there before them. There was nowhere for them to stay. So they made the best of the given situation and someone said, you can stay in our stable. Whether it was a stable or a cattle shed or an addition to the house, we're not terribly sure. But there were certainly troughs in it. And when the baby was born, that's where they put Jesus. In that manger. In other words they made use of what they had And that's the point of my children's address today My young people's address That we must make use of what we have Now I'm not sure if any of you got presents this year at Christmas time And you said I don't want it I hope not Because that would be really rude But you know the biggest and the best present that God has given to any of us is Jesus himself. And I certainly hope that there's nobody among us who's saying, I don't want you. I don't want you. Now whether you've done that or not, I don't know. That's between you and God. But Mary and Joseph made the best use of what they had. They use the manger. I hope that we are all making the best use of what we have. And that we are all accepting the gift that is Jesus. Because he is the only one who can sort out our problems. And he's the only one who can get rid of our sins. And he's the only one who can get us into heaven. That's the good news that Jesus brings to the human race. I hope we're all making use good use of what we have now let's sing again to God's praise and for the next two songs it's going to be the same tune because it's such an unusual meter it's Psalm 51 Uh, both singings will come from Psalm 51 and we'll start at the beginning of the song oh my God have mercy on me in your steadfast love I pray In your infinite compassion my transgressions wipe away, cleanse me from iniquity, wash my sin away from me. For I know my own transgressions, I can see my sinful plight. You, you only I have offended and done evil in your sight. So your words are verified and your verdict. Uh, justified. We'll sing verses 1 to 9 of Psalm 51. Oh my God, have mercy on me. Now let's read God's Word as we find it in the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2, and we'll read at the beginning of the chapter. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Carinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts of host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into uh, heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, And at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Amen and may God bless to us that reading from His word. Let's join together again in prayer. Let's pray. O Lord our God, we pray that as we turn to explore your word this day that you would help us. Because even when we come to this place on this your day And we are amongst your people And we read your word We can have all kinds of thoughts invading our minds distracting us And distressing us And almost destroying us But we ask that you would help us We have nothing to woo you with, nothing We have forfeited everything, everything. But you are who you are, and that's why we're here today. If you should mark iniquity, not one of us could stand. But your mercy is as high as the heavens. It is big enough for the sins of each and every one of us. May we remember that this day. And as we read your word and explore it, we would ask you to open our eyes to see the wonder of the gospel afresh this day and all we ask is in Christ's name amen now let's continue in the same song psalm 51 it's on page 68 and it is at verse 10 Lord create a pure heart in me and a steadfast mind renew do not take your spirit from me cast me not away from you give me back the joy I had Keep my willing spirit glad. Verses 10 to 19 of Psalm 51. Lord, create a pure heart in me. to the passage we read in the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 2, and we read again at verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Now let's, by God's enabling, seek to explore something of this area of Scripture. Obviously we're not going to touch on everything. There is just so much here. But let's just touch on three things. I want to ask... Uh, This question These people that were involved here Who were they? And the second I want to look at What they were told And then the third thing We want to look at is How they responded To what they were told So first of all Who were they? And the answer is obvious From the pages before us They were shepherds But that needs a bit of exploring And that needs a bit of uh, unpacking. You know, in the affairs of this world, there is nothing happens by chance. Nothing. I know that as we look around ourselves, I know that as we look at our own lives, and I know that even as we look within ourselves and self-analyze, sometimes we think it's just chaos. It's just chaos but it's not because there is a sovereign God and he oversees and overrules in everything you know when Christ was arrested and Christ was put on the cross at Calvary it speaks of a determined hour who determined that God from all eternity determined that 2022 years ago in the town of Bethlehem there was born a child not by chance he was born at the exact moment that God would have him in the great eternal plan of redemption was coming to fruition and it was all in its given place and you know the fact is this you and I are not here today by chance we are not here by chance God has brought us here and God has given us the privilege of singing his songs, of reading his word, of praying together, of meditating on his word, of preaching on his word. Nothing is by chance. And the song we sung at first today talks about how it is God who makes anyone fear and that's the fear of respect and reverence that's spoken of in that song. And you know, sometimes you hear people, especially when they're first converted, they talk about, I I gave my life to Jesus. And And I don't want to be too harsh on that kind of statement, but there's almost this, it's me... I'm the one that's done this and I almost need to be patted on the back for it but you know by and by we will discover that anyone that flees to Jesus flees to Jesus because of the transgression and sin that we've been speaking or been singing about in the songs that we've sung today And there's only one person that can deal with us in our sins. And that's this Jesus. But who makes us aware of our sins in the first place? It's the Spirit of God working in our lives. It all goes back to God. absolutely everything about it. And every fine detail of the Christmas story is in its set place. And these shepherds who were on the hills around Bethlehem were chosen by God for a very particular reason. And that choosing will resonate to the very end of time. Why? Because in the pecking order of the day, the shepherds were on the bottom rung of the ladder. You know, every given society has has what it would... um, what would put at the top of the ladder. And it has what it will put at the bottom of the ladder. It, it arranges its own priorities. Every society does that. Every culture does that. And if you're on the bottom rung of the ladder of any given culture. It can have tremendous impact upon you it can have a tremendous psychological impact upon you. Now before I say anything about the shepherds being at the bottom rung of the ladder, I want to just say this in case any of the shepherds today feel <laughs> that, uh, feel a bit un- uneasy about it. The priorities of any given society or culture are not the priorities of God. And we thank God that's the way it is. Because in the history of the human race, God has used shepherding men and, and women who were involved in the looking after of animals. You get it from the word go. You've got Cain and, and Abel. You've got Abraham. You've got Abraham who had, and Lot who had so many animals they seem to have had to part their ways. Uh, and And you know some people would argue that the oldest piece of literature in the Bible is the Book of Job. Job had a huge number of animals eh, to look after. And you know by the end of the book of Job, we hear this of Job. He's speaking about God. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. in other words. Everything that went on in the life of Job. And that included the loss of his children. But it also included the impact of all his means and all his assets and all his animals going. Animals that he tended for many a day. At the end of the day he progressed in his understanding of God. Now I want us to just stop and say this. What did the progression in the life of Job mean in real terms for him this is what it meant I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear but now my eye seeth thee wherefore I feel I'm way out there at the top and I'm a really good person no nothing of the kind this is it wherefore I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes now dust and ashes were put on the head of a people in that day and age and that was an outward symbol of an inner sorrow It's an outward activity expressing an inward, inward sorrow there are so many Christians on their Christian pilgrimage today who are so down and are so in the doldrums and the root of the problem is themselves But if we come and see what goes on in the life of Job Maybe we would be able to balance things out a bit And maybe we would be able to say Well, maybe I abhor myself Because of the workings of God in my life Now the devil will tell you otherwise No, no, no You abhor yourself because you are so bad You are beyond the pale It is so important to know what the word of God is To take him on at that level If we don't know the word of God And we can't take him on He is really going to undermine us And we are going to be in real trouble But I'm getting off the mark Off the point Job was used by God And and Job's learning experience Includes the looking after of animals You get Moses 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 thought that he could lead the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt By his own power and by his own efforts And it all ended up in absolute, uh, in absolute disaster But 40 years later A very very different Moses Is going to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt A Moses who has spent 40 years looking after animals God used that interaction to mature this man and progress this man and get him to the point where he was ready to use all these skills in looking after and leading people. You get it with David, the man who wrote that song that we've just been singing, Psalm, Psalm 51. You get it with David. He came to be the second king of Israel he came from the shepherd's fields looking after flocks so, so we've got a perspective a God perspective on the benefits that God can use to mold people from looking after eh, animals but for some reason or other in Israel at the time Jesus was born shepherds were at the bottom of the rung of society you get it in, in Egypt as well. When the children of Israel went down to Egypt and they heard the word shepherds, they just disdained them. And the reality is this, that a shepherd could not go into a court uh, room and give evidence. They were so despised. Now the historians might be able to explain to us as to why they got there. But I'm not going to do that today. That's where they were. They were the write-offs, if you like, of the society of the day. And yet God chooses these people to reveal these things uh, to them. Now there's a huge, huge message for us there because there are many people in this world today who think they're too sinful to be Christians they're too sinful to be followers of Jesus they're too sinful for uh, him to embrace them and them to embrace him it simply is not the truth it's not the truth He came to the shepherds And that's a message to the human race Till the end of time You are not beyond the pale Let's remember this I want to go back to my children's address I want to go back to that Because there are two sides To this great activity of salvation I've spoken about God's side. He starts it. He does something about it. He causes everything to be in its exact place. Even these shepherds hearing uh, this great and good news. But that does not take away human responsibility. Mary and Joseph made the best use of what they had. That's why Jesus ended up in a manger. That's why the eternal Son of God, come in human form, ends up in a cattle truck. They hadn't got other options. Which is a reminder to us of this, that they were very poor. They were very poor. We know that because when it came to the moment of purification, the purification ritual, all they could afford was two pigeons. But they made use of what they had. And you know, here we are. We've just entered into 2023 in the history of the human race. And you and I, we are all here today, not by chance, but by the determined plan and purpose of God. We've just been celebrating Christmas. We've just had a time together with family and friends. We've just uh, exchanged presents. We've just eaten of mm, much of the blessings of God. But whatever you do, please remember this don't reject the greatest gift that has come the way of the human race. Whatever you and I do in life's journey Make use of what we've been given And we've all been given this great opportunity The shepherds on the bottom rung of the society of the day These angels come And these angels have something to say well the angel initially and then the other angels come and um, and what is it the angel said to them fear not the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear and we spoke about this recently when sinners such as we are meet spotless holiness there's a problem when sinful human beings interact with holy angels that have never sinned there's a problem but there's an even bigger problem when sinners such as you and I are meet with not holy angels but a holy eternal God Isaiah's got that problem in Isaiah chapter 6 when he had a vision of God and you remember how he responded when he saw God in vision form. Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. And let's unpack that very briefly. He dwelt you know, our lips utter what comes from within our hearts. And indeed these hearts are what guide, uh, because I take it that our hearts we have souls that that have intellects that have evolu- de- deciding capacities, volition, and they have emotions. I'm taking all that into our, our souls, and and that's what controls our every word, and that's what controls our every action, and that's what controls our every thought as well. And they say I knew that, that's why he says, I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips, but before he mentions anything about a people of unclean lips, he's got a bigger problem than the other people. Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. And why is there such woe? Because he knows who he is, and he knows what he is, but he also knows who God is, and he knows what God is. And there is this uh, huge problem. And these shepherds have it. And the angels are, and I remember the angel is, an angel is a messenger of God. And the message from God is this don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, there are an awful lot of us afraid. So often we are at our wits' end. And sometimes we are just so embarrassed that we're at our wits' end because we're meant to be Christians. Well, we are Christians, but we're not acting as Christians, not in the way that we should act. You know, sometimes when the enemy of our souls challenges a believer, this can be the challenge. You don't love the Lord. And there are two responses to that question, to that challenge when, they, when Satan comes in and, and hammers it away. It is, you just don't love the Lord. Well, we can say, well, no, I don't love the Lord. But that's not true of a believer. That is not true of a believer. We do love the Lord. But then we can also go on to say... Yeah, but I don't love the Lord the way I should love the Lord. That's a different question entirely. And I think we can all add our amen to that. Even the Apostle Paul had that problem. Did he love the Lord? Yes. Did he love him in the way that he should have loved him? What does he say? The good that I would, I do not. And the evil that I would not, that I do. And it's very important to have that broad sweep of an understanding of faith scripture. If not, he's going to sink us. The enemy of our souls is going to sink us. And so it's fear not, is being said uh, to the to the angel, said to them, Fear not, before I, behold I bring to you good news of great joy for all the people. I want us to pick up on this. This is God's word. This is God saying something. It's for all the people. And I'm back to this don't miss out on the greatest gift of all. It's for all the people, this offer of the gospel. But really I wanted to say something about, uh, in verse 11, "Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a uh, uh, saviour. I want to say something briefly about saviour, Christ and Lord. These three names that appear here. And, and very briefly about uh, the city of David. A saviour. Now we've labored this point over these last few Lord's days. What kind of Savior is he? Call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. We are born in sin. We are shaped in iniquity. We are rebels against God. You know it and I know it. And we know that the end result of that... Is a massive problem for us. What can we do about it? Well, in our foolishness, we often try to sort it all out ourselves. Don't try. It's a waste of time. It will never ever succeed. But the wonder and the beauty of the gospel today is this we don't need to sort it out ourselves, we can give it to God. Or, or maybe another way of putting it is this we can accept God's way of dealing with it and what is God's way of dealing with it it's this baby born into the manger in Bethlehem and all we do is accept what God has done we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we are saved sometimes the simplicity of the gospel is so evident that we miss it we miss it and whatever we do, we mustn't miss this. It's a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now that name Christ is the same as Messiah in the, in, in the Old Testament. And the Messiah was promised from the word go. The whole of the human race knew that there was someone coming who was going to be a um, going to be a great blessing and remember we explored the meaning of this word Christ recently it means anointed the kings of Israel had that oil poured over them which symbolically said you're set aside for a particular role it happened to David Samuel did it to him you're going to be king and I'm pouring this oil over you so that the people will know that's your role and here is this anointed one And he's been set aside. What is he being set aside for? He's been set aside for a specific role. What's the role? It's saviour. It's to save his people from their sins. A saviour who is Christ the Lord. And remember the meaning of the word Lord. Lord means master. You know, in ancient Israel... They worship the Baals, these false gods, these pagan gods. The word Baal actually means master. And the Baal worshippers were people who had made a false god their master. At the end of the day, we all have God's ruling in our lives. Of one kind or another. But the big question is this. Is it the living and the true God. The living and the true God is the God who sent his son into this world. The living and the true God has given us options. The living and the true God has given us a gift. But I'm back to my children's address. Are we making use of the gift God has given us? Whatever you do in life's journey. Don't let this one go by don't let this one go by but it was in the city of David you know a thousand years before this happened David was ruling as the second king of Israel and one of the things he was told was this there will be a son of yours on the throne of Israel forever now Jesus was not interested in political thrones He was not interested in earthly thrones. My kingdom is not of this world. Well, what is his kingdom all about? Well, today he's in heaven. That's his kingdom. But today he rules also in the hearts of his believing people. That's also his kingdom. But here is the great challenge. Is he ruling in your heart? Is he ruling in my heart? But we're going back to this. The faithfulness of the word of God. A thousand years later in the city of David. There is born a child who is going to be none other than the eternal king. For the last three thousand years he has reigned supreme in his kingdom. And he will reign supreme in his kingdom eternally. Eternally. But I want to deal very briefly with my third point, And that is, how did these shepherds respond to all of this? Well, listen to this. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They had options. They could have said... No we will not bother We'll stick with our sheep We'll stay where we are But that's not the way they responded That is not the way they responded Now someone might say Well they were just curious They just went and had a look There are many people who were interested in Jesus For all the wrong reasons Herod was one of them He was desperate to see a miracle performed by Jesus And when he did see Jesus, Jesus gave him no miracle. In fact, he never opened his mouth. And that's a sad, and that's a solemn, and a somber place to be. When Jesus is just not taking you on at all. Why would Jesus do that to anybody? He knows the heart of man. He knows what's in the heart of man. And if you are here this day and you are ignoring him and you are treading him underfoot he knows that. But if you are here this day and you are conscious of your history of sin you are conscious of your deep struggle even now with sin you are conscious of Not just treading water, but feeling I'm almost under the water many a day. He knows that as well. He knows that as well. He knows our plight. He knows our problem. And he will hear us and he will help us. If we do what we started today's singings with. Oh God, give ear unto my cry. Do you know a little babe? The only thing a little babe can do is cry. No words. Just a cry. We are all in that boat today. As far as the salvation of our soul is concerned. The only thing we can do is cry heavenwards. But we cry towards a heaven that hears the cry of uh, of sinners. So, someone might say, yes, these shepherds, they were just in the same kind of boat as Herod. They just wanted to see this unusual thing. Well, I don't think so, because listen to this. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. That's an eye opener. That tells us something. That tells us something. You know, you will find God's people in every level of society, in every rung of the ladder of society. You know, there were people who worked for the Roman Empire who were God-fearing people. Was it easy for them working for a pagan system? No, it was not. No, it was not. You have got Joseph working for Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. Was it easy in a land full of idolatry and paganism? No, it was not. And it's the same today. You get God's people within administrations and with regimes around the world that are unholy and unwholesome. But they're there by God's appointment doing what they can by the enabling of God. Whatever our role is in life. And wherever we are on the ladder of society. Let's remember this. God's reckonings are not man's reckonings. His priorities are not the priorities of man. We can be wherever he has placed us. And we can listen to him. And we can respond to him. In the right kind of way. They were on the bottom rung. As far as the society of the day was concerned. But they listened to the messenger of God. And they got themselves to Bethlehem. Because they listened to the message of God. And they went home full of what this God had done the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them and my hope and prayer today is this that irrespective of our struggles and our trials and our trials and our ongoing problem with sin in our lives that we are here today glorifying and magnifying God Because he hears the cry of poor wretched sinners such as you and I. I hope the overtures of the gospel will resonate in our souls this day. And that we will bow before him once again in worship and in adoration. Because he deserves it all. Because of who he is and what he is. He has done Amen let's pray O oh Lord Our God We thank you for this book before us We thank you for For the revelation You have given to us We thank you for the hope That you give to one and all And we pray that we would go from this Place this day Adamant that we will honor you Crying out for you to help us, to give us the grace to respond to your kindness to us each and every day in a way that is befitting. And all we ask is in Christ's name. Amen. Now let's conclude by singing to God's praise in Psalm number 100. It's the first version of the psalm and it's at the beginning of the song. All people that on earth do dwell sing to the Lord with cheerful voice and serve with mirth this praiseful tell. Come ye before him and rejoice. Page 362 of the Psalter, the whole of the song. All people that on earth do dwell sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Grace, mercy, and peace from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest on and abide with each one both now and